All right. What about this idea that um, stop thinking like a massage therapist? I hope I didn't offend anybody by that. No, I think and, and the idea, what I meant, what I meant with that was, a massage therapist does this, okay? See, the, to the point of the person that said that I don't like to go that deep with people. See, that's thinking like a massage therapist. We don't need to hurt people when we massage them, right? We don't need to inflict pain. They're thinking like a massage therapist, and so. What I want you guys to see, the, I've gotten clear about something, this, several things this weekend, but I've gotten clear about this. What I'm working, one of the things I'm going to do with you if I'm successful is I'm going to change your identity. I'm literally going to help to change your identity. I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it with my encouragement. Okay? And, and, and there's different ways we could approach this, but here's one of them. Here's, here's one way you could go with that. I'm a massage therapist during part of my day, and I'm a myofascial therapist during other parts of my day. When you're a massage therapist, you think like a massage therapist. You do like a massage, work like a massage. You think, I don't, I don't want to hurt people and make them squirm on the table and stuff like that. But when you're a myofascial therapist, you say, the person trying to get it, uh, uh, is trying, is shooting, my client is shooting for a result, and I'm committed to help them get that result doing this work that I do that's different than everybody, everything, everything else that's out there. You can have a split personality if you want. Massage therapist, I think we need that. Because you're, you're, that's one of the things that's challenging about this work is that you do go into and out of these different modes. But you have to go out of that massage therapy mode to do this work. That, that could be a huge, huge insight for somebody. I can say that helped me a lot when you told me that, that first class, you know, stop it kind of gave me permission to use the protocol and to use it like like a healthcare professional and to use it be like, is this tender, is this tender, and not feel like I had to have a real flow in there or anything. Like I was really just checking the muscles. Like really separating the two flows? Yes. Yeah. And then once I was done with that, then I can go into being a massage therapist. So yeah. it kind of helped me having that, knowing that I can separate the two. The other part of the identity that I want to I want to help change I want you to think of yourself as a healthcare practitioner. And there'll be some other things too, but that's another one. You need to think of yourself as a healthcare practitioner. That's different. If you see yourself that way, you act differently. I want you to I want you to start thinking, and there'll be other things. There's other things, other ideas I had. Anybody want to comment on that? One of the things that I, I shared with you that you need to be willing to be uncomfortable. And that you must get the work yourselves. Did anybody have a, a, where you were identified as a therapeutic session? Somebody wanted to fix a problem, and you clarified it, and then you actually went in and you and you asked, "Is this sore? Is this sore?" Did you did you have that happen? Tell me about your experience with that. It was cool. I liked it because at the end, it was like I told them, "Next time you come in, you can just do a twenty-five minute session, and we can just work those areas." It, yeah, so yeah. You can you can tell them. There. If you just want to work on this and not have any massage, we can do that in a half hour. I gave them the option. That they yes, give them the option. Longer, we can do that. Yeah. We can do just this. And it's nice because I'm like, now I just have those muscles. And here's, let, me, let me just say something about that. There's, it's tempting for us not to say something like that because nobody wants half-hour sessions. Yeah. We don't want to have that, end, that. You end up with half-hour sessions in your schedule. But you do it anyway if you're, if you're thinking properly and if you're following my direction because 
you're doing what's in the best interest of the client. As you start getting results with these people, they're going to be referring people to you left and right. And, and those people are also going to be coming in and say, yeah, I scheduled an hour today because I want you know, to do a half hour of the work and then a half hour for some nice stuff. So it's, it, you will not get hurt by doing that, I promise you. It, it's, it's, it's tempting to not have, you know, that, to be able to do that. Okay, anything else? Something that I am struggling with is your regulars. Your regulars, when they come in and you haven't seen them like in a while, and then they come in and try to make them go like on like a treatment plan, kind of like when they have an issue, and you've already built rapport with them, so it's hard to like switch into that like three question mode with them to go back to like the the original like console. No, well, see, you wouldn't go right into the three questions there. I think if they're a regular. That's, that's what I'm struggling with. You just kind of, let's say they're two months ago or mm-hmm. you saw them two months ago? Yeah, something, something like that. Okay, so the last time we came in, let's say there was a shoulder with a full body. So I know last time you came in, you know, we did a little bit on the shoulder. How's the shoulder doing? Did that get better or whatever? No, it's still kind of, okay, is that the reason why you're in today? What's going on? And then you jump right into it. But I, I usually pick up on the last note See, I kind of do that. I guess my problem with that is just actually giving them a treatment plan and putting them into that therapeutic and going back. I don't know if it's just a personal thing I think yeah. I'm struggling with. See, I think it is a personal thing. Yeah. Let me let me share some, some, some thoughts on that. <clears throat> just as far as the treatment goes, it's based on what they told you. Definitely need to ask the three questions because you it could have flared up. Yeah. They could be still having a problem. See, by asking the three questions, what it tells you is, do they think they have a problem? Is it if it's keeping them, if it's affecting their work, if it's affecting any of their activities, and if it's affecting their sleep, they put they have a problem. Now, whether they want to deal with it is another story. But at least you know that it's affecting their life, and then you can ask them, do you want to deal with? It? Would you like to try and fix this thing? Or you just want a massage? That's the answer, Jill, right there. Get clear about what they want from you. This is, that's, that's the, I, if there's a secret to this thing, it's that. Yeah. With your, see, that, that's why I don't see the regulars or new people as, as having, I don't see any difference there. Okay. The difference with the regulars is that you do have rapport, and they know that you're not going to try to get them strung out on some long treatment program that, whether they want to or not or whatever. So you simply treat them the same way. Tell me, how's this, tell me, is this a bothering you at work? Is it bothering you when you're doing any of your record? Maybe you know if they run or they play tennis, whatever. Is it, is, does it affect that? Does it affect you in your sleep? So are you here to try to fix that? Or are you, are you just here for a massage with some extra there? We can divide, and then, then you can, there, we can divide our time up between them. I can do 10 or 15 minutes on this and then spend the rest. Or if you want to come in for, you know, and then throughout the session, you can always tell them, if you ever want to spend shorter or more or less time on this part of it, you can let me know. And then when they come, I think the key too with the regulars is that when they come in, don't assume it's always going to be that. So the next time they come in, say, so we're, uh, how's that shoulder doing? Are we going to spend some time on the day or is it just a massage? Always, gi- always give them that option to go into a different mode. So that's how, that's how it would be. Yeah. I'm going to say when I reached, like when I was in the 80 percentile, the very first time I started hitting those numbers, I took a dive backwards and my numbers started really... And I think I got stuck in the, because I was so like, oh my God, that would be It's fun. And I realized that I was no longer doing massage. And I was thinking, there's no way in hell that everybody wants a therapeutic massage. When I saw that I dropped down to like 69 from the 80s, I was like, okay, something's wrong. 
and that sort of was. But see, you can, so so you can err on both sides yeah. of this. I called out Doug last week, where he said my people. I could have misinterpreted. You can you can share. But he said my people. A lot of the people they don't want this work, and I said they do. So so you can think not many people want this, or you can think everybody wants this. Yeah. I haven't had a situation. I mean, I've had a, had a new client come in, um, and this is something I get stuck on too. Is like they come in and they want to, they have a problem area that they want to fix, and you said you only really need, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so on that area. They booked an 80 minute session, and the way it sounded was they only wanted to work on that area. So I told them, I said, you know, I think it would be a bit overkill to work that area for the whole 80 minutes, you know, so, you know, are there other areas you want me to focus on, you know, and we can spend, you know, a solid half hour of this time on that, on those trouble spots. This is a brand new client? Yeah. That I Schedule 80 minutes. Okay. Um, she, and, you know, and it was, it was her low back and her hips, basically. Before, you know, off and on, but it had been bothering her for a few weeks. Um, and she would, and you know, so I kind of did my normal session with her, and then you know, did the low back for about twenty to thirty minutes. And you know, okay, let's. I'm going to get back to this in just a second. I want to clarify something. I want to clarify something. Um, that I, I don't think has been clear. I think you guys will all agree this wasn't not clear. You can make some major progress with somebody on just about any musculoskeletal condition you can name, even if it's two conditions, like a low back and hip. I can make a major improvement in that condition if I only have 10 to 15 minutes to work on it. They will come back to me. I can promise you that 80 to 90% of the time, they will come back the next time, two days later to three days later, they will come back and tell me it's significant better, maybe 20 to 30 to 50 to 80% better after 15 minutes on whatever it was, low back, hip, shoulder, headache, whatever. If it's a myofascial condition, we'll get into that in a sec. If it's not a myofascial condition, it may not help at all, right? <laughs> But just because I can make a huge difference in 10 to 15 minutes, it doesn't mean that I'm only going to spend 10 or 15 minutes. I'll spend as much time as I have and as much time as it takes. I don't know if that helps at all. I'm not telling you. I didn't. Yeah. Tell, I, I'm not telling you to only spend 10 or 15 minutes. But but so that's my first thing. My second thing is when that happens, Doug. When that happens to Doug or anyone. When that happens, and it will for the rest of the time you're in practice, that will happen. Just get used to it. Just simply see it as a, as a process of educating the client. I need to help them understand what this, how this works, okay? If you come in with something like this, I don't need 80 minutes to work on this. And I, this is, this is, use this. Feel free to, to use this. I've shared it with you before. Say, hey, if I spent 80 minutes on this, you would hate me tomorrow. You wouldn't ever want to see my face again. Joke with them about it. But educate them as to how much, see, the body heals incrementally. That's how the body heals. If somebody has a big problem, let's, let's okay, two, two people walk into your door and, and somehow magically the two people have the same exact condition that would respond to the same exact thing. One of them says, 
I want you to fix me today. I blocked off my whole schedule. I came from Dallas. Um, I, and I, I, I took the whole day with you. I took your whole eight-hour day, and I want you to fix me. And the other guy said, I only got 20 minutes. Can you help me? You can't do... They're both going to get better at the same rate. The, same rate. the body doesn't... Can't, the, way, the kind of stuff that we're working on does not lend itself to doing any more than you can do with them. And if you try to do too much, they're just sore and, and, and hate you, or you might even aggravate it and, it, and then they have to go backwards. And so the guy that got the 20 minutes might be way ahead of the guy that got the eight hours worth of work. The body heals incrementally. It's, it's incremental. And it needs work, time to rest. It's, it's, this, it's exactly the same as if you want to build muscle. Exactly. If you if you decide, I decide I want to be, I want to have muscle. I'm going to spend the, I'm going to spend the next 48 hours in the gym, working out the whole time. Is that going to help me build muscle? No. I need to go in and stretch stress those muscles, and then the body, the actual. Think about this. The actual muscle building actually occurs when I'm out of the gym. That's when the, that's when I break it down in the gym, and then I it's building over the next three or four days. It's the same exact thing that we're doing with the. We're we're busting it down here. We're, we're and then then they go and that's when the healing occurs. Busting it down again, let it come back and heal. Remember, if it's a, truly is, what I think it is mostly, it's a multitude of of mechanisms involved here. But I think it's primarily a neurological mechanism. If it's that, you're saying, hey, don't forget this, and then you let them go do their thing. Don't forget this. Okay, so now let's get back to this and make sure that I, I haven't gone off base. Is there anything? Is there anything that? Is there anything that I missed as part of your, your comment? Was that? No, I don't think so. Was that helpful? Yeah, the no, biggest thing that I would say sense. to you is, is, think of it as just simply, I got to educate people. They, yeah, they're going to come in and want to spend all day with me. I can't. Like you know, an hour and a half is. I just I have to tell them what I can do and what. what and you if know. someone came in with like low back hip problems, mm -hmm. if they came in for an hour, you'd probably hit like the main Stuff, but since they've got 80 minutes, then you're kind of open up to hitting sideline. Yeah. Side yeah. And, and you have to educate them as part of that. Yeah. I love it. Um, I think our fear is that because you have to win them over the very first time, right? So if they're like gung ho, 80 minutes just on these areas, then you have to find a way to do right. 80 minutes in just those areas. But you, that's the art form, right? That's what kicks in afterwards is you've got to know what your connecting things are and what your, where your okay. massage kind so, of comes in. So let's just talk about this for a sec. I wouldn't say, to, I'm going to be a little silly about this just to make my point. I wouldn't say to somebody, well, I'm only going to work on you for a couple of minutes because if I work on you more than that, you're going to hate me. You know? I mean, you're going to have to communicate that kind of thing, but you have to do it a little gentle. For example, this is something I've taught over the years. I've, I've cautioned you, people against, I've cautioned people against over the years. But um, this happened to me here with one of our neurotherapists uh, in the last couple of days. And it's not a big deal. It's just a, it's a very minor thing, but I think it makes a point. So I, I say, um, they say, what kind of pressure are you looking for? I say, well, I'm looking for kind of a more of a deeper side. And then the therapist says to me, well, I'll start you out light and work your way up. <laughs> and I have to, I didn't say anything, of course, but I smile and say, okay. And, and it's like, but think about what you, think about that. I come in, Tell you what I want, and you tell me you're not. I'm, I won't give you that right away. I'll, I'll kind of work my way into it. It's like probably been 
complained about for like too deep pressure yeah, before. Yeah, so, yeah. They were so, like, so, so I'm, I'm sharing that because it's a kind of a similar thing here. So you have to kind of do it. So people come in and say, I want you to work all day on this, or that next hour and a half on the shoulder, the back, the hip. And then you go, no, I'm not going to do that because you'll hate me. No, you say, well, I'll do that. I'll, I'll do that. But what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll do this, and I'll do this, and I'll work on, there's a lot of areas that you may not think is involved, but they will. And luckily, you've got 80 minutes, so we've got time to work on some of these areas that are kind of away from the area of pain, because very... In, you're educated. Very often where the pain is isn't where the problem is. For example, this lat that attaches right here actually goes out and hooks into your hip right here. So sometimes shoulder problems are a result of this hip. And so, you know, so you're educating them and you're educating. You're going as far afield as it, low back and hip. Well, maybe you've got enough time for everything else that you did. Maybe you've got enough time to do some stretches of that, checking the stretching in the hamstrings, working on their quads. See, all your, all these muscles of the leg attach into your pelvis and your pelvis. And so you're telling them the whole time what you're doing. That's why I say to you that a therapeutic session isn't quiet. Okay, it's not quiet. It's, they're not, they're not, they're not zoning out. They're not. But the therapeutic session can be very short. And then you can have other things, and then you can go into your quiet mode. But while you're doing the therapeutic stuff, you're talking to them, you're educating them, you're helping them know what it is that you're doing. And you're helping them understand why their shoulder problem here, and they, they schedule 80 minutes, and, you, and now you have to go other areas because if they spent 80 minutes working on this, so you're telling them that, but you're not saying, I'm not going to work on your shoulder. I'm working on your shoulder, but I'm working on other areas that are impacting the shoulder that you may not, you may not have even thought was involved. So, once you find the problem, my recommendation was that you tell the client that you found the problem. Okay, here is your problem. See these areas right here, they're sore, they shouldn't be sore. Did anybody try explaining that to your client? Yeah. Tell me. Tell me about it. Was it totally successful? Were you and able to go to another area? Their glue, they actually realized it. You know, I asked if it was tender and stuff, and then we went to another glue, and I asked if it was tender, and she's like, oh my God, there's nothing like the other one. Like, it's tender, but it's not anywhere near that. So, when that happens, in your mind, you're hearing the angels singing, hallelujah, because now you can educate. That's, see, yes, that's what I was saying. This is normal. That's not normal. This is where the problem is. We'll work this out. That's what but you do. Checking on her being tender. She said it without me even having to ask her. That's what you do. You educate them. This is where your problem, this could very likely be what's causing your low back pain or your neck pain or your this or your that, whatever it is. See this right here? That's not normal. That should not be like it. And as I work this over the period of two or three sessions, it'll get better each time. You'll tell me it's 50% it's better than 75 and it's now it's 100, okay? This is what you, if you saw me working with people, I'm constantly doing that. I'm constantly, you've heard me say, I'm constantly talking about the next treatment. I'm constantly talking, I'm constantly, See, I just told her that without ever, ever setting up a treatment program, right? She just got told that over the next few treatments that we do, this will get better. That's what I'm doing the whole time I'm working on people. I, I haven't set up any treatment. But at the end, when I tell them I need two or three treatments, they're not shocked. I've already told them that. They told me they want to fix the problem. I'm going to help them fix the problem. I'm so sorry. Luckily, you guys are out of the splicing. You guys are outside of the splicing. Okay, comments on, comments on any of that? This is the, I'm, gonna, I'm calling this the touch points of therapeutic level work. Here's the deal with touch points. We're always teaching about touch points with our front office staff. A touch point is any, any touch a customer has with you, okay? So we, we've identified 17 touch points for our front office staff. It starts with the phone call, that's a touch point, okay? 
Then it comes, it starts with any directions that you give to them. Then it comes with them walking into the front for the first time and seeing the office. It's a touch point because if the office was in disarray or noisy or something, they might just turn around and walk out. But that's impacting them. Okay. The next one is their the, the, the greeting, the, the, you, the greeting that they have with the new client. The way you greet them, that's a touch point. So we go through the whole experience. Uh, the, the interview, the introduction by the therapist is a touch point. The massage itself is a, is a touch point. Okay. So we have identified these 17 things. And the insight to that is that you can get 16 of the 17 touch points right. You can nail them dead on. 16 of the 17. Perfect. Absolutely everything's perfect. The massage was perfect. The introduction was perfect. Everything. But if there's one touch point that isn't met, the customer could possibly negate the whole entire experience and never come back again. And we, we, we kind of joke around with our front desk folks as we're explaining this and say, look, that's not fair. If you get 16 and 17, we should, we should get like A plus. But that's not the way it works, okay? You gotta get all of them. Let me give you an example just to stick with this so you don't show me what I'm talking about. So on the sixth one of the touch points is the temperature of the room. You can do everything right. If the client freezes during their massage, they may never come back again. Okay? You can do everything right. Again, it's all, any one of those things can do that. Everything can be perfect, but yet there was noise in the hallway. This was just a touch point during their massage. They were just, the massage itself was great, but it was noisy. I'll never come back. See, so that's the idea. You gotta get them all, gotta get them all right. So I'm calling this the touch points of myofascial work. And what's, what's cool about this and what I think is a possible game, game changer is that the understanding that you've gotta do all of these. The, that's the concept here. You've got to, and I only have four for you. Only four touch points. I'm not gonna give you 17 touch points of myofascial work. I'm giving you four, but all of them have to be met. You've heard me talk about for years and years, those of you who've hung around with for years and years, um, <coughs> that you can do everything right with your, your myofascial work. You can do it, everything perfect. If you don't set up the treatment plan, forget about it. You've not, you've not done squat for the client. Because m most conditions that require therapeutic level work are not going to be better in one treatment. Your customer is not going to get the... the the result that they're looking for if, if, if you don't set up that treatment plan, or if they don't come in multiple times for the treatment. So you've let them down. They're, they're, you're not going to get, it's not going to happen if you miss that point. So you can give them the best myofascial session in the world. You can do everything perfect. But if you don't set up the treatment plan, go ahead. Um, just again, the talking about the treatment plan, or talking about the next session in the session, I don't think that's um, iterated enough to us because I think that helps a lot with then presenting the treatment plan. It's not like a shock to them. It's not like you have to yeah. come up with something real fast. Like I think that is really important to, okay. Okay. to teach them. Well. All right, so let's go through these touch points. Here's number one. And this is one that, this is, this, this number one, is one that so many people miss. And they wonder why they're not, why it's not happening for them. Number one, do they have a problem they want fixed? Guys, this is a biggie. Therapists 
go diving into the therapeutic mode when th that's not what the customer wants. Or they don't go into the therapeutic mode probably more often when the customer does want that. It's important right at the beginning. You have to decide, do they have a problem they want fixed? And this is where you ask the three questions. That's why your customer's coming in. If they're, if they're regular, they've got an issue, they're find out, tell them, find out more about it. Find out how bad of a problem is it. So under this category, I'll, and you guys, it's all going to be on tape. I'm going to give you, I'll give you prints, printouts and stuff of all this. So don't just, just lie back and and just take it in. Just, just absorb. So under this category, under this first bullet point, do they have a problem they want fixed? There's, there's a couple of little considerations along with that. First, first of all, the three questions. <clears throat> Are they willing to pay the price today? Today, during this session, are they willing to pay the price for, you know? Basically, that's the way you find out that is how. What does it keep them from doing? Well, okay, we've already, we've already covered that. They said, I, it keeps me from doing all kinds of stuff. I, my life is a, is a shambles because of this. Okay? Fix it. And they, 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 say, they say they want to fix it. What I, what I was getting at is, are they willing to, under, this is under the category, are they willing yeah, to pay the price? How do you determine if they're willing to pay the price? You can ask them. And you said, you said you'd ask them. And the, what, what, one of the things you could ask them is, are you here? You want a massage today? Or do you want to, you want to work on this? Because it's kind of a little more intense. It's not as nice if we work on it. Basically, this is getting getting clear about what the session is. So that's the first thing. Do they have a problem that they want fixed? Get clear about that. Number two, did you find the problem while you were working? Did you find the problem and then communicate that to the client? This is one of the things that happened with my experience that I shared with you last time. They went and did a nice massage on me and said, here's your water, hope, hope it's better, Stephen. They never found the problem, okay? You see, if you don't find the problem, you can't tell the client that you found the problem, and you can't tell them what it's going to take to fix the problem if you don't find the problem and they know that you found the problem. Are there areas of soft, this is under cap, this is number two. First one is, do they have a problem that they want fixed? See, they might have a problem they want fixed, but this number two is, do you find the problem? You might have a problem you want fixed, but when I go work on it, I don't find any problem. I don't, I'm not finding anything. We better get you somewhere where they can look in other ways, see? They, do they want the problem fixed? Are you finding the problem? So under this number two, let's give you a visual here. Do they want the problem fixed? Number two, find the problem. Okay. Now, under this, are there areas of soft tissue involved in the pain pattern? There might not be myofascial areas involved in the pain pattern, right? If somebody has a shoulder problem and it's a labrum tear, I, I can't rub that away. Okay? Or a disc in the low back. If, if somebody has back problems and it's a disc, I can't rub that disc problem away. A meniscus in the knee. Maybe they've got knee issues going on and it's a meniscus. I can't rub that meniscus tear away. They might have cancer that's causing pain somewhere. I can't rub the cancer away. They might have arthritis. I can't rub the arthritis away. And many, many more. Now, this is still in number two. Do I find the problem? Over time, we can get better and better at making the determination of what's wrong and if we can help with any given pain pattern. But ultimately, we will never know 
if we can fix the problem, unless we do a therapeutic trial, unless we try it. And I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay, so number, so number three is, did you tell the client you found the problem? Okay, I don't know why I dotted the problem, <laughs> dotted the I on, on the, over the R. Did you tell the client, okay? So that's the third thing. Do they want it fixed? Am I going into the therapeutic mode? If I go into the therapeutic mode, do I find the problem? And if I find the problem, do I tell the client that I found the problem? And then four, can you guess what four is? Treatment. Yeah. Tell them how, uh, what it will take to fix the problem. Pretty straightforward, right? You've got to do all of those. You've got to do all those to be really effective. Okay? <coughs> Decide what the treatment's about. And, and again, this is an art form. That's an art form. As they start to talk to you, you know? You'll get, you know, you'll get a sense of, you know, their discomfort, how they describe. You'll get a sense of that, and and you'll get better and better. You'll get better and better at this. But but that that but this is a biggie right here. Do they want the problem? Do they do they want the problem fixed? Now here's the other thing, guys. This is this is a biggie. Do they want the problem fixed? Did I build up the anticipation enough? Do they want the problem fixed? Okay, I can tell you that more, if we meet together, if we, if we have our uh, successful couple of weeks here, and then we get back for a reunion in a year, a reunion, okay? Bring wine, it'll be in the evening. It'll be a celebration. What you guys will tell me, very possibly, is that you're doing more and more and more therapeutic level work, okay? More and more, I'm doing more and more and more. But here's the here's the thing. You guys will very likely all those of you who are doing more and more therapeutic work. What you'll tell me is that this them wanting it worked on is more and more and more and more becoming more and more and more as a, re, a result of my my recommend my invitation right. my invitation to them. This is what I've told you. That, that, that I had this, I had a huge headache practice in California. Nobody came in, for the most part. Nobody came in, for the most part. This headache practice developed because, because I, had, I got good results with headaches. When I, would, when I would find sore spots, when I would check them, I would say, you get headaches. Yeah, I do. Well, we can, I would tell them, we can fix that if you want. And they'd go, yeah, I want. So, are you getting my point? More and more, so more and more, you're gonna get people on your table, you're gonna find stuff, and you're gonna say, hey, I'm finding some stuff down here around your knee, do you get knee problems? Oh yeah, they've never even told you about knee problems, but they have a big problem. Yeah, I can't run anymore, I can't do this. Why didn't they tell you about that knee problem when they came in and, to get the massage? Probably didn't ask about it, they didn't think it was a problem that you could help it. Or it might have been around so long, they just don't even think you're all saying You're all saying the same thing, and that, uh, a similar thing, and the way I say that is that they've resigned themselves to the pain. They've resigned themselves to the pain. I'm, nothing's going to help us. I've been uh, to physical therapists, other other massage therapists. And I've, it's been there. Uh, it's that's going to it's going to. But what did the massage therapists do? They've resigned themselves to this problem. These this problem. They've resigned themselves to it. They don't even bother telling you about it. Just want to massage, and, and then you find this issue. You go, well, you should consider getting some work done on this. 
So more and more and more, people will be coming into step number one by through your in, you inviting them. You finding something that you go, hey, what's going on here? Do you have problems? With it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you want, we can fix it. Always give them uh, when you find issues, give them a percentage. We got an eighty percent chance of, of, of uh, working with this. So they want the problem fixed. Find the problem. Tell them you find the problem. Tell them what it'll, it'll, what'll happen. How they, they can get this thing, this thing fixed. Okay. So that's the touch points. Okay. So let's talk about. So, so the treatment. Program, I'm going to start to come back to the treatment program. Just let me say this. The treatment program is based on how long they've had the problem and the, how intense the, the, the inflammation and the tenderness that you find with them. So when you, when you um, set up the treatment program, you do it in a matter-of-fact way. You do it, do it in a matter-of-fact way with no neediness, no neediness. What am I, when I say neediness, what do I mean? You make it sound like it's more about you and your paycheck instead of... Exactly. Can you do it? Can you do it? Can you come Thursday? I'll give Thursday night. Can you come Can you, can you, can you? You know? No. You tell them what it'll take to fix the problems, and you just leave the ball in their court. Okay? No neediness. And no trying to convince them. No salesmanshipiness. Just this is what we get good results with this. It usually takes this, and boom, you're done. Okay? Lay it out. And then my recommendation here is that you do it without salesmanshipy and convincingness but that you also show your concern and professionalism by giving three names if you're not, okay? So that if they do need to come in when you're not there, they can, they can, they can get with somebody else. Guys, this is one of those things that is a best practice. This is not something that I came up with. To, it does benefit okay, but no question about it, which allows me to benefit directly. But that's not why I'm telling you to do it. Do you guys get that? Sometimes people think that I made this recommendation. Give give your card with three names if you set up. A, whenever you set up a treatment program, say this is what my treatment program recommendation is for you. This is what I recommend that you do. If I'm not around, here's the name of other therapists that you, that you can that you can come in and see. Okay, first of all, let me tell you where this came from. This came from me observing other therapists doing this. Therapists that were going up like this, they were doing that, and I saw them doing that. I asked them about it. And so I came up with some ideas about why that is so powerful. Because it's working for them. They do it, and they're, they're killing it. I think there's a couple of things. First, makes the client feel like they really need the treatment. It's not just about you. It's, it makes it, as Ivan said, it makes it about them. This is, I'm trying to help you solve your problem. If I'm not around, which I'm, this place is open 80 hours a week, I'm here usually 25 hours a week, so I'm only here about a third of the time. If I'm not around, when you need a session, here. Get, have these, so it makes the client feel comfortable that you're trying to help them solve a problem. And when you do, if, if anybody's done this, your client will look at you and say, well, I'm not coming to anybody else, I'm coming to you. That's fine, that's fine. They'll say that and they may or may not. But, it, but it's a psychological thing that they, they know you're trying to help them and it's not about you pumping up your numbers or something like that. It's, it's, a, it's a subtle thing. So my recommendation is that you do it because it's the best practice. It's, that's what I see over, the, over many, many, many years. This is what I've seen people that kill it. This is what they do. I'm just passing it on to you. Just like those same people 
when you go into their room, I'm, this is the sidetrack, I'm taking a little sidetrack. When you walk into the room to get a session, the room is warm. It's always warm, warmer than anybody else's room. The, the therapists with the highest request rate also have the highest, the warmest rooms. It's just, it's just something that I've observed over the years. It's an indicator of how they're looking out for people just in general. Okay, so here's my second little insight. How to manage the treatment problem. How to manage, think of this, somebody says, yeah, I want you to fix this. Think of now we're in a process. We're in a process here. Let's just talk about the process, okay? Okay, so question. You find a series of areas on the protocol that are tender. So a person says, yeah, I want you to fix this. You say, okay, you sure? <laughs> yeah, I want you to fix it, okay. And you start, it's a low back thing. And, and you're, you're, find, you're finding tenderness on the low back and you work the low back. You find all these spots that are tender and you work, finish it up, you send them on their way and they come back in two or three days and they go, wow, that was really helpful. What, what did you do? What, did, what, what, was, what was my problem? My, my husband, my wife wants to know what my problem was. They had like eight things that you worked on, or four things, or six things. They were all sore, everything was sore. What are you telling There were several things. <laughs> yeah, 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 there were several things. Good, perfect, That's, you did right, you did good, Doug. <laughs> all right, this, this, but there's, there is a, now do you, th you guys think that was profound? Was that profound? Does that change your life? I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. No, there's more, oh wait, there's more. Okay, all right, so when we work areas of soreness, we work areas of soreness knowing that it may, not, it may not be one particular area that is the main problem. If there are multiple areas of pain and tenderness, we work all of the areas. If they come back and they are better, we may not know what areas that was worked on made the difference. Because what we're gonna do is go in there again and see what's going on and, and, and do the same thing and see what, where is it compared to last time, right? That actually may be one reason why Often there will be only one area that's more stubborn than the rest and remain. These stubborn areas often, so very often, first time, everything's sore, you come back and now I've got one or two areas that are still involved. Maybe on the third treatment, now there's just one area that's still involved. That be, that, now I know that that was the main culprit because it, I'm 80% I'm better, but that's still there and then sure enough, they come back the next time, boom, they're better. So I, I'm able to sometimes know that way. So sometimes it all clears up together. Sometimes the stubborn ones remain. I have to keep going through the process. <laughs> I have to keep going through the process. See, remember, remember. Let's take a look back. Same with it's the same with everything else. I go I go through the protocol the first time. Do my thing. Okay, off and go. Off you go. Come back in three days. Now I go through the pro I go through the protocol. Exact the same exact thing again, right? Mm -hmm. And then, I, and then some of it is tender. Maybe, maybe it's all still tender. In that case, I work it all. Some of it is not. In that case, I work it. Because remember, I just go up through here. Is it, how is this doing? No, it's, there's not like it was. Okay, I, I'm on to the next thing. Oh yeah, that's still tender. Then I keep working it. Okay? And then, but, but usually it's better the, the second time. Yeah, not as much. Yeah, almost nothing there. Oh yeah, that one's killer. So I work on that, you know, more. And then the third time, how are we doing? I go, if I knew, if, if I, I, I might check just real quickly with the, the paraspinals, and I go back to the lateral sacrum. But because I, I, I made notes in my chart, what was there? But I check, I still check everything again, see if it's something's coming. Because sometimes it comes back. Who knows? Maybe they had a flare-up or whatever. But but I spend my time on what's left over, right, of the of the protocols. 
I spend the bulk of my time on what was sore on the second or third or fourth treatment. And usually it's getting less and less and less each time. Numbers of treatments and the amount of intensity. If it's a myofascial issue and if you know all things <coughs> that's the way it, that's the way it normally goes, say 80-85% of the time. There can be other issues involved that we don't need to get off onto those right now, but that's this is how it usually will go. Are, are you all with me? Okay. But often, in a client with three or more areas of involvement, you work on several areas in any, any given treatment, and they all get better simultaneously. And along with the soreness uh, to palpation going away, the, the clients... So that's what I've noticed over the years, is that as the, as the, palp, as the palpatory soreness go, gets less with these treatments, there, there's a corresponding exact decrease in what they're feeling, what their symptoms are. That's how, I, that's how I've developed this whole thing. It gets better also in subsequent treatments. The whole complex is resolving incrementally. So half the time, this is this the whole complex, so to speak, everything that was sore, kind of gets better as a group and it all kind of goes down. Uh, but every now and then, something will kind of hang on there. Call, I'm calling that here the stubborn ones. So as I go through, I find an area that's stubborn, I just work that and then and then you know then move on. Okay? Another important point. Okay, remember the symptoms the client is experiencing will often go away or get much better before all the palpatory soreness will go away, okay? What I am hoping to do with you to impact your ability to impact clients is change your thinking. I'm gonna cha- I wanna change your thinking. I wanna have you think differently. What I'm doing is I'm sharing with you the way that I think, so you can tap into that and start to think, well, how is he thinking differently than how I'm thinking? I'm trying to identify those areas. That I have a, a process of thought process like this, and I'm doing this is how I, I'm operating, and you guys need to need to pick up on when it's different than how you guys think about it. So that's what I'm doing, is is revealing my thought processes. And then you have to think, okay, and then you have to decide. Do I, do I want to step into that and try to and try that out, or do I want to hang in there with my own thought processes? Because your own thought processes will get you to where you are right now, which is which may be a great place, and you know, but if you're going to move from where you are now to another place, hopefully a a more effective place in terms of effectiveness, your thoughts are going to have to change. The way you think about this stuff is going to have to change. Doesn't that just make sense? Mm-hmm. You can't get to here and, and keep everything exactly the same in terms of the way you think about it right here. That's why you know, you know, I'll call you out on certain things because I want you to think about it differently. And you can resist that or you can go with it and try it out for a while. Okay. So that's what this is all about, is getting you to think about this stuff differently. Don't resist it when you say, that's different the way, the, way I, the way I think. That's different the way you think. Go, ooh, there's an opportunity, think of, there's an opportunity to think differently and actually get different results. This is so good, by the way. This stuff? Yeah. Yes. I think it's going to get through to some of them. Because this section I'm about to get onto right now is, I think as important as anything I've ever realized that we need to talk about. So yeah. I'm hoping that, because it's that, it's, it's what, it, what, it, what it is, it's, it's this comfort level. Well, I was, I was coming about a shoulder and I started to, to move around and stuff. And I said, when it's really tight like this, 
and sore and inflamed. Everything's going to be sore. I mean, yeah. passive, active, everything's going to be sore. So, now normally, passive pain makes you think non-contractile tissue, so you're worried, you're worried about it. But not now, I'm not worried about it right now, because every, every, if, if it's a tendon, it's going to hurt. If it's a really inflamed tendon, yeah. it's going to hurt no matter what I do, passive motion. I need to let it calm down, I need to do some work on it, let it calm down over the period of a week, possibly maybe even two weeks, and then eventually we'll start to figure out what's really going on with this. So what I was saying is that, I said, that's, that's what I'm going to talk about, yeah. is the willingness to engage in treatment, not knowing what's going on. Yeah. I yeah. think that's something that, that massage therapists are very uncomfortable with. They want to know, where are we going, what is it, what is it, mm -hmm. but, but you have to be comfortable. I've got a really, I'm really excited about it because it's, I think it's, a, I think it's, a, I think it's a big piece of this, I really do, that, that, that you've got to be willing to engage them, tell them, hey, let's do three treatments and see where it's at, and not without any understanding whether that will be, um, be effective or not. We just have to be comfortable. I'm calling it, I'm calling, I was telling Ali about it this morning, it's uh, comfortable with ambiguity. Yeah, that, she, when I said, when I told her that, she said, you're going to have to find ambiguity. <laughs> Comfort. I can't say the word. Ambiguity. Ambiguity. Ambiguous. Being ambiguous, let's give an actual definition. Doubtfulness or uncertainty. Ambiguity is uncertainty. So, so see... I am very comfortable with ambiguity as it relates to treating people. See, that's what, that's what my goal is for you these next few minutes, is to define this, bring it out in the open, and then have you guys be comfortable with ambiguity. Or another way to say it is be comfortable with uncertainty. See, I go through my days when I'm practicing, I go through my entire days totally uncertain about the work that I'm doing. Interesting, huh? Here's the reason. The reason is because I never know what's causing a particular problem. I never know. It's all trial and error. It's all trial and error. I realized that this morning. And that's like, I gotta, I'm just, it's all trial and error. And I'm totally comfortable with that because I have an 80% success rate. I don't know which 80% it's going to be though totally willing to do my treatments and just find out when they come back and they tell me. I have no stress when I start working on somebody. And I tell them, and then, and then over the years, I have these categories of problems that, that are higher on my scale and lower on my scale. Let me give you an example. You guys all know what they are. I've talked about them before. Higher on my scale is muscle tension headache, meaning percentage of, of improvement. It gets better, faster, more. I'm more confident with that, okay? Uh, another example of uh, an example of uh, low low success, a lower success would be carpal tunnel. Yeah. Carpal tunnel, as, it, carpal tunnel that's ready for surgery. That's been around for two or three years. People have just played around with it, and now it's got to the point where they, they need surgery. That that's uh, I got about a 50-50 chance of getting that, which is you know, not too bad. Um, but if you come to me the first month or two that you're having these symptoms, there's like an 80 or 90% chance that we can resolve it, okay? 
So another example is a, is a, is a migraine headache. Yeah, a, mi- a migraine is, is like a 50-50 chance of fixing it because there are so many other reasons for migraines that, that don't relate to muscle. I'm going to fix it if it's a muscle-based problem. Remember, the symptoms the client is experiencing will often go away or get much better before all the palpation soreness will go away. Here, so I'm, remember, I'm back, now we're back on, on treating this person and having them coming back for subsequent treatments. So we're now on the third or fourth treatment. And they, they walked in and said, I'm better, thank you, you're amazing. Okay, let's, let's check it and see how it's doing. And you go in and you find soreness is still there. You will find this. Or they're like 95% better and you still see the soreness. So here is where you need to make a decision yourself how do you want to handle it, but also then communicate that to the client. Say, okay, we've got a couple choices here. And this is, this is a little bit of that ambiguity I'm going to share with you right now in terms of it's kind of not, there's no kind of way to handle it. But we can keep treating it until the soreness is gone. That's going to allow you to have a higher percentage of, of, of it sticking long ter- longer term. See, if we release you now and don't give you more treatment, there's still this issues going on here. The body might continue to improve over time and get better, even if we don't do any more treatment with it. Or the body might still have locked this in and it might actually come back to the point where it's giving you symptoms. So you have to make a decision, Mr. Client, Mrs. Client, how you'd like to handle this, how much tolerance you have for coming in for treatment, and how, how sure you want to be that, this, that we get rid of this thing. So it's, it's, what I do at that point, once they're symptom-free, I spell that out for them, and I let them make up their mind. It's, it's, I just, it's, it's in your court now. Whatever you want to do is fine. I will say this. They often will tell you, no, I want to keep coming. That's usually, they're kind of in that mode, but then when they leave, it doesn't happen. Okay. They have good intentions, but it just, I'm, I'll see it. And I tell them, so if the pain comes back, here's the, one of the reasons I really wanted to get into this with, like to get into this with clients, is because... If it comes back, I don't want them saying to themselves, I tried myofascial work, muscle work for this, it didn't work. I want them to know there's still issues here. If it comes back, you come back and we'll, we'll, we'll give it another go, go around and we'll, we'll get it, we'll get it there or something like that. I don't want them saying it didn't work. I want them to know. Okay? Let me just continue on with this area of thinking, just so you'll know. About 75% of the time, if there's still soreness there and, and they're symptom free, They'll, con- they'll continue to get better. If I check, if I said, well, come back in a month and we'll check it. 75% of the time, it's all gone. It's, it's, the, the, we, we initiated the healing process, and the body started in, and, it's, and it got better and better and better. We started it, and the body did its incremental stuff. We didn't have, you don't have to keep going with it necessarily. So about 75% of the time, you can leave them with still sim- uh, uh, soreness, but yet no symptoms, and the body will continue to heal over a period of oh, days and weeks my experience, about 75%. But that means about 25% of the time it will, it will tend to come back if we don't get it. Okay? The, conti- the continuation of the healing process depends on a few factors. The nature of the injury, how serious of an injury it was, how much damage was done. Maybe they were in a really serious auto accident. You know, and, and it, the, the more seriousness of, of what caused the problem will, will be an indicator of how likely it is to resolve on its own, so to speak and the nature of their work or their activity level, whatever they're doing ongoing to, that can affect it. So, you know, if they have really physical work, then there's a higher chance that it'll come back than if they 
maybe they don't have the super serious, significant, intense work. Or if their activity stuff is super involved, they may bring it back on as well. So see, this is all stuff that's, how much ongoing treatment will they need? Well, first of all, they may not need any ongoing treatment. We just need to see, we won't know in advance. Now, here we go. We need to get comfortable not knowing how the treatment plan or process will go. We need to get to the point where we go with the client not knowing what will happen. There's a level of ambiguity into whether or not we're going to be doing it, right? A level of uncertainty. We have to be comfortable with that. We have to be comfortable with uncertainty. You can't do this work without being comfortable with uncertainty because you never know. You have to just admit to yourself and the client, I don't know. Let's see. I say that all day long to clients. So I never, I never feel like I've let a client down if we try it and it doesn't work out. First of all, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty minuscule amount of money that we're dealing with here. I can generally tell in about three sessions. That's the wonderful thing about this work, is that it hap- if it's going to happen, it happens fairly quickly. Myofascial work works more like this. It's a, it's a gradual improvement, and my experience is there are exceptions to this, uh, depending on the condition, but in general, what we're going to be doing, it's like three or four sessions, there should be some noticeable improvement. I'm think, when I say noticeable, not only noticeable improvement, but significant improvement, meaning for me, in the 25% rate after two or three, is about as low as I'd be you know, willing to go. If I if got some treatment, I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll even do into three or four or five sessions depending on somebody's tolerance for it. Zero improvement over three or four sessions isn't going to cut it. We, we're on the, I mean, they're going to have to do something different, which often I will. I'll, I'll often go, well, let's go a different way on this. And sometimes that, that does it. But I'm not doing the same thing for more than two or three treatments and expecting a different result. Okay. We need to get to the point where we go with a client not knowing what will happen. Areas where we need to dive into the treatment without knowing what to tell the client. Okay, this is interesting. The initial treatment series. We're going to dive in? We don't know. Let's give it a try. Will the pain pattern return? This is number two. Will the pain pattern return? We don't know. We don't know, we don't know whether it will or whether it won't. We can, so you can get somebody totally better from their problem, and then it's back next week. It comes right back. Okay, that's kind of that's kind of a failure on the myofascial part, but we don't know if that'll happen or not. Okay, number three, if the pain does return, we don't know how how much it'll take to get back out of pain. We'll need we'll need to experiment again. We we won't know how often to recommend treatments. This is another area where we experiment. If somebody's better, and they have um, you know, activity, whether at work or whether they're in their own recreational activity, that potential, has a potential to aggravate a situation, how often should I come back and get treatments to keep me in good shape? We don't know. We don't know. We have to experiment. Let's try, let's try once every three weeks. And I'll kind of bother, well then let's go two weeks and see how that is. Let's go four or six weeks. Let's try to, I was good at four weeks, let's try to stretch it out to six weeks. It's a total experiment, and I'm comfortable with that. That's a lot of experimenting, right? That's what we do. We experiment. We experiment because each client is different in terms of how they respond to treatment. Different problems can cause 
similar symptoms. So you have somebody, three people come with a, with a, so you can have a shoulder problem, and they all present the same, but yet different problems with that. Some of them respond to myofascial therapy, some won't. So here's the deal. This is, this is something we could actually talk a lot, a long time about. You, you can't, we deal mostly with functional problems. This is really, this is really an important realization. I'm making a distinction between functional problems versus structural problems. Let me define structural problems first. A structural problem is something wrong with the structure. You've got a broken bone, okay? You've got a torn tendon, a torn muscle. You've got a torn labrum. You've got a structural problem that I can, these things can be can be imaged, they can be seen on MRI, broken bones can be seen on x-ray. We can identify the problem when it's a structural problem, okay? This is where medicine lives. This is what they do very well with. We deal with functional problems. It doesn't work properly. I'm not working properly. Now, the, there's many characteristics of this, this type of problem, but the biggest characteristic that I want to bring out right now is that you cannot identify it um, for sure. You can't identify the fact that you've got a tendon there that's, that's inflamed. It won't show up on an x-ray. It won't show up on any... You can biopsy it. Nothing is going... To, you have to work it and see if that helps. Muscle, a muscle... A, a, maybe it's a hamstring issue. You know, you got, some of you guys have seen me do my muscle testing stuff where I'll, 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 I'll low back problems... I'll, I'll check the hamstrings and see if the hamstrings are firing properly. If they're not, I'll do some stuff to make it fire. If that hamstring isn't firing properly, nothing I do, no, no test that is currently known to humans, I think, you know, I'm, I'm open enough to think that maybe someday there might be, but nothing right now will show you some deficient, there's, nothing, there's no test I can do other than my muscle. There's no objective test I can do to show there's a problem with that muscle. So we work, that's what we do. We work on functional problems that there's no way to objective, objectify it, objectively quantify it. We have to be okay with that. That's kind of why we're, a func we're functional practitioners. We're not working on problems that we can see on an MRI. Those problems are usually stuff that we can't deal with. We can't, we can't restore uh, uh, you know, something that's been damaged. Uh, we can't massage back that. There's different categories of information, okay? There's different categories, different classifications of information. We have communications, very important. We have the technical skills, meaning these are the classes, teaching you how to do the actual work. We have how to actually implement it. This is where you guys are right now. And then we have this category over here of developing your practice. You can be really good at communication. You can be really good at the technical stuff. You can be good at the block of information that we're doing here with how you implement it. But I, this is probably a subset of this really, but I want to I want to help I want to help you with the kind of the marketing side of your practice. Um, this I'm calling the fundamentals of practice development. And for those of you, you were in the mindset class, right? Mm -hmm. So for people who, for Doug who was in the mindset class, I, I, I had the 10 fundamentals of practice development. But that was too many. So now I have four. 
And my, my request is that you do this for five months and see what happens. It takes two months to create a habit. So here's the fundamentals that you note preferences, that you keep meticulous notes. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's your treatment notes. Uh, by, by the way, I have this. I can send you the hard copy. You can play with it. You can, you can, um, you can you know, tweak this to your own preferences. This is just an example. Okay. This, is, this, guys, this becomes the foundation of everything that you will do from here on out. Your practice will rise and fall to the level that you're willing to do this. Okay? Because unless your memory is crazy, you won't remember what you told the person last time. You won't remember what treatment you're on. You won't remember how many treatments did I tell you this would take. You won't remember necessarily even what you did with them or what you told them you would do next time. So let's just go through this. This is taking your practice to another level. This is taking it all to another level. This is just like when you learn the communication stuff, you take it to another level. When you learn the technical stuff, you take it to another level. When you learn the, the, to implement it, you take it to another level. And when you learn to do this, you take it to another level. And I'm asking you to do that. It can be anything you want, but this is what I threw down there. Put, put your client's name and, and, and your name on it. Because if you if, if this gets lost, you want them to know who to, who to, who to hand it back to. How do you know that? Because your name's right there. Okay. <laughs> so put your name on it, and and I can type. We can type your name into it. So you have to write it each time. But look at look at the categories of information here. Personal. They're going to New York City next week to visit their grandma. They love they love biking. They love to run. They run 12 miles a week. Anything about their personal life that you might want to make reference to the next time you see them. And you know what people tell you all day long? You know what you'll be hearing? You've got a good memory. Write down personal stuff that you can make reference to. This is all about building rapport. Pre any preferences that they have. They like the table warmer on. They like it off. They like this. They like that. They like that. They hate that. They hate it. Any preferences. And then your treatment notes. Okay, what you did, but the date now, honestly, guys, I don't see any reason. You can use as many lines as you want to, but your line, I mean, your notes don't have to take up more than this line. I've done this, this, and this, and this. You could, you could even use the treatment note parts for deciding what you'll do next treatment, but if there is something you want to put next treatment, I'm going to work on traps and, and subscap next time. Just put it down. And then the treatment plan at the bottom. The date that you started it, the total treatments you recommended, how often, so the date would be the same, because you need to know when you started the treatment plan. And then how many you recommended and how many you recommended per week, because you're going to refer to this. This is kind of a two-part thing. Got to take the note, but then you have to review the note before you... So here's my, here's my, here's, I'll throw out some ideas, you guys might come up with better stuff. You can do it all in your, on your phone, in your notes section of your phone if you want. Do whatever works for you. You might take a picture of it, and, and, and of the note, and have some way of cataloging it in your, in your I don't know, who knows what might, you might come up with. But let me just tell you how I would probably do it if it was me. Um, you guys might not want to carry around something as ugly as this, but, but if you do, you could, buy, you could buy yourself a little something you could carry. Okay, something that you think is cool and that, that uh, you can just get a backpack. 
you put all the back there. And then you find yourself one of these magical little things here, okay? Get some from Allie, whatever. Do you guys know that you could put in, you could put a hundred clients in a folder like this, hundred pieces of paper in here, and it'd only be about it'd only be about that thick. So my recommend I'm just giving you some ideas. You guys do what do whatever, do whatever. Get yourself your backpack, whatever you want to get, get this. Start putting these your treatment notes in here, and simply uh, uh, have them alphabetical. Have them alphabetical, so when Susie, you're looking for Susie, you can go to the S's, and there's Susie. Okay, I've got Susie, and, and you take it with you, or whatever, you know. Figure out some, and take it with you every night, or leave it here, whatever, whatever you, you guys know what you can and can't do. But this is what you do. This is how you work. Yeah. But I encourage you to to do this when you get a first timer that isn't yours, right? Yeah. And you look at the notes, and you see that they were here three days ago, mm-hmm. and you see that Travis put down left shoulder range of motion issue, whatever, and start with that. Hey, nice to meet you. Welcome back. I noticed you were here three days ago. How did the shoulder do after your session with Travis? Blah blah. blah. And you start like that. I can't say how many times I hear. Oh, you looked at my chart? Just the or, oh, Travis talked to you about... This is what I'm saying, Jill. This is why if I thought that people were actually looking at those, I would say absolutely. But for the amount of work that it would take, for the amount of people that are actually looking at it... I'd, okay? All right, so that's the first thing. This is going to make... This is a game changer right here, guys. Now, the second thing is you set up the treatment plan. It's pretty straightforward. Here's, uh, we've, taught, we've kind of beat that one pretty good. The other one is don't cut corners. Make every visit special. Sometimes with your regular clients, you can get into the habit of cutting corners. Mm-hmm. And you can, you, can, you can do all kinds of things that cut corners. In, in, the, in the mindset class, I have a whole list of the things that, the ways that people do it. Make every visit special. So what are we going to do today? Is it going to be, don't assume you're going to do the same thing that you've always done with them. Let them know. Whenever you want to change it up, just let me know. We can do, we can do more, more aggressive work when you come in. We can do less aggressive. We can work on specific things. We can work on a variety. Let them know that. We can, I can do whatever. That's the insight that Ivan shared with you, that he was getting more towards the therapeutic. I think what happened, if I'm not mistaken, is somebody came in and said that they had gone somewhere else because... They, yeah, that they, they, they paid for... They, Straight up told me they went to go see somebody else for relaxation and such. And I'm like, I do that too. <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah. oh shit. Yeah. Okay. So, note preferences. Huh? Keep meticulous, meticulous notes. Set up the treatment plan. Don't cut corners. Give a full 55 minutes. Well, I, I say 55. Now, we, now here, again, you want to set yourself apart? For about 10 years, we gave 55-minute sessions. It's totally and completely doable. If you want to set yourself apart, you don't have to go with 55, go with 51, go with 52, but give them their full session. And then mindfulness, total focus on the client. That alone is a game changer, to actually focus in on what you're doing. And then the fourth thing, marketing. There's two things that I say here. Give out those three, those free half-hour massage cards. You guys do that? Yes. Do you see them come back with people? I've definitely had people referred, like the free thirty-minute. Yes, mm-hmm. I have. To, sure. And let them know when you give it out. Let them know they can use this as a standalone, uh, free. Don't ever give them to new people. 
always given because we don't want them using it on their first yeah, visit. And she was like, oh, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> she was adorable, by the way. But I was like, they're already in the door. We don't want them. This is to get people in the door. Not to give them a discount once they get in the door. Give out those. Do you get people coming in from those? Yes. I have. It's been really cool to have that because I have, uh, I've had a couple of clients that like run their own business mm-hmm. and they'll talk to me about wanting to put something nice together for their employees, like an employee appreciation thing. They do little gift baskets. I'm like, also I'll give them a stack. I'm like, hey, if they've never been here. Okay. The other one is to make sure we have the client's email. All of your regular clients, ask them at some point along the way, don't ask them if we have your email. That's not what you do. What do you yeah, say? Discounts? Do you get our promotions? What do you say? I ask them sometimes like when their birthday is and I'm like, did you know that we do half off on your birthday? And they're like, what? And I'm like, look on your emails. Make sure that you're getting our emails. And they're like, no way. You know, they're all excited. I, I say it here. Make sure we have your... So you, it's tempting to say, do we have your email address? That's not what you ask. What you ask is, are you getting our emails? Are you getting our emails? And then, and then, and then to say something like, "Oh, good, because you get a half off on your birthday and other other kinds of things." Because see, when we put out, when we do, we do specials every, almost all the time, all the time. And there's so many reasons. Our whole world is around their email address. So you want your good clients to be on our email list, to be getting our emails, because when we when we offer a discount. They're going to see it, and they're going to cut. They're going to call you up. You guys always get the same amount for your sessions, so you want you want that for you and for your clients. You want them to be abreast of all the latest sales and discounts and reminders and this and that. So make sure we have their email. Make sure they're getting our emails. Okay? So oh this oh yeah I do have it here. Do, remember I said I had a list of things at some point. Yes. Yeah. So don't don't. Don't cut corners. So here's a list of, of the way, ways that people cut corners with their regulars. Uh, is it going to be about a massage? We're trying to fix something, get them on the table fast. Don't leave them lying around um, on the table forever before you go in there. Get, get them in there, let them get dressed, and then get in that session and get it going. Don't, don't go have a sandwich. Make every visit special. Offer to make every visit different. Um, make sure you know about the the room, the fan, the heating room, the fan, the heating pad, etc. And avoid rhetorical questions. Okay. Oh yeah, the postcard. Um, th- we do have postcards that um, you can send off to your people. You can you could you could uh, at the end of the day you could what we, you can jot down if you get the name of the person that you saw. Say hey, it was great to see you today. I hope that blowback is better. You can do you could do four of them in one minute, and then you simply give them to the front desk. They'll address them and, and mail them for you. Put a stamp on it. You guys know that? Yes. Mm-hmm. You knew that. Okay. Good. So that's extra credit if you want to do it. It's for practice. For practice management. How many? Let me ask you this. How many therapists, massage therapists, do you think that person has ever got a postcard from after their first session? Now, here's the thing about how to do this, guys. It could seem a little overwhelming to do all this stuff all at once. So simply. Simply pick one thing, make a list of the things that you feel like you, you've, you've, that we've just, you know, that you've listened to what we've got, that I've recommended here. Pick one of those things and just spend a week doing it. Maybe it's this week I'm going to make sure that I uh, get clear about what the session's all about this week. 
Okay, I'm just gonna. That's gonna be my focus this week. Okay, now so just so I have it right, you said you had some shoulder stuff. Are you here really? Is that why you're here to fix that, or is this kind of you're here for a massage and then with a little extra emphasis on that? And I've asked the three. I've already asked the three questions. Is it? You know, I've already asked the three questions. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's for the ones that I do. I'm gonna set. Up, I'm gonna make sure I get the treatment program set up on that. Make a list and then just do just do. I mean, you can do three or four of them if you want, but but a good a legitimate way to do this is to pick one and just start start doing it for that week and just really focus on that that week. It might be that you're going to uh, this is going to be my week to really really focus in on taking my notes better and making sure I have that and, and reviewing the notes before you need to be here early potentially five to seven eight minutes early so you can review the notes and. and and look and see what what happened last time. 